Greetings and welcome back to another ongoing series of Shirim and Afyomi. My name is Yitzchak Et Shalom. We're now in Masachet Barachot, Chaf Aleph Amud Aleph, near the bottom of the Amud. Um, continuing with our discussion of Tefillah and Kriyat Shema, and incidental to the issue of a Baal Keri, we have the following ruling of Shmuel. Shmuel, If somebody was saying Tefillah, and in the middle he remembered he had already said that Tefillah. He should stop immediately, even in the middle of a bracha, and that's it. Aini, is that true? Rav Nachman said when he was in his Rebbe's house, We asked him, Students who make a mistake, and they're dominating the Shabbat filah, and they say the Chol tefillah. Maushi Gemaru. Should they finish the tefillah? And he told us that they should finish that bracha. So if they said atachonen the adam dat umamed the nosh pinan, remembered it was Shabbat, they should finish atachonen hadat. Hachi hashda, but the two are not really the same. That was a challenge to Shmuel. That's not really the same. Hatam gavar barchiyuvahu. Really, this fellow is chayav in tefillah on Friday night. That's the rabbis who relaxed the obligation to say a full tefillah for Kvod Shabbat. But in the case that Shmuel is talking about, the fellow had already done He's not a Bar Chiyuva. And now we have a parallel halachai. Let's say he already said tefillah, and he walked in Bay Kresset and realized he davened early, and they were still davening. If he can if he can add something new into his tefillah, Yachzorit Palel, he should daven with them and add the new thing in. But if he has nothing new to add into his tefillah, some new personal bakasha, then he should not go and daven with them. And we need both statements of Shmuel. Why In the first case, where um, where Shmuel said. That if you said tefillah and you realize you'd already said it, you should stop. We would say, Hanimili yachid v'yachid. That's only in the case where you are yachid, you're an individual, and you realize that as a yachid you'd already daven, so you're not gaining anything new with this new tefillah. O tzibur v'tzibur. I would say the same thing if you would daven with a tzibur and then joined another tzibur to daven and realize you'd already davened. But I might think that if you're an individual and you had said tefillah and then you come and you have the chance to daven with a tzibur, maybe your first tefillah is really not regarded very much. And therefore, it would be good to join the tzibur, kamash malah, and therefore Shmuel teaches that unless you can answer something new, you shouldn't do so. If we only have the halacha of the tzibur, that's only because you didn't start tefillah. But in the case where you started saying tefillah, and then you realize you and maybe you shouldn't interrupt, and maybe you should continue and finish it. So Tzricha, therefore, I need both halachot. I'm Ravuna. Now, Rav's student Ravuna teaches the following. He comes into the Beit Knesset and finds that Tzibur is davening. If he can start, meaning he walked in and saw they'd already in the middle of Shemona Esrei. If he can start and finish by the time the Shleach Tzibur gets to Modim, now, there's no way to really know that, unless you know this tzibur and know how fast the tzibur is, how fast the tzibur is, so you use whatever measures you use. If not, you shouldn't say the tzibur, because then you won't be able to say modim with them. He 
he has a different take, more stringent. If you can't finish by the time the Shleach Tzibur gets to Kiddushah, then you shouldn't start your Tefillah. So, what's their difference really lie Whether an individual can say Kiddushah on his own, meaning without the... Um, um, uh, without uh, saying with the tzibur, okay. So therefore, um, the indiv- the way Rashi reads it is the individual who is dominating with the tzibur still says kadosh, right? As opposed to or Shubin Levi says, no, you can only say kedusha if you fully finished. Therefore, you have to make sure to finish in time. Which means everybody agrees that you really must say kedusha. How do we know that an individual cannot say Kedushah? This chief sugi is in Megillah, but it's mentioned here. Which means the mitzvah of Kedush Hashem has to happen B'toch B'nei Yisrael. What does that mean? You need ten people. My mashma, how do you get that from there? Tani Rav we have the word toch here, toch b'nei Yisrael, and toch elsewhere. Where is that? Get away from the midst of this bad congregation. And that's talking about Korach and his people, which is hundreds. How do we know that that was considered ten? And that's from the word Eda, Eda that we get from Korach and from the Miraglim. And that's something that's developed, dealt with at length in Megillah. But everybody agrees that you do not interrupt your tefillah to say Kiddushah. What about the biggest, most important thing, which is Yehishmei Rabbah? Do you interrupt your tefillah for that? So we have two Tanaim, and then the students of Rabbi Yochanan all agreeing. That you do not interrupt tefillah for anything except Yeshmei Gadol, which of course is so important that even if you're studying Masei Merkava and they're davening and they say Yeshmei Rabbi, you interrupt. We do not follow that ruling and we do not interrupt Shmona Esrei even for Yeshmei Gadol. Okay, back to the Mishnah. Rabbi Yudah said that a Balkari says the bracha before and after Shema. Rabbi Yudah remember the name of does that mean Rabbi Huda says that a Balkari has no restrictions of Divrei Torah? And we're going to see more of this dealt with in the next few daf. Rabbi says, how do we know he's not allowed to study Torah? There's a command to transmit to your children and to the generations about Ma'amad Arsinai. So, just like at Harsinai, we could not have any Balikari, which is why the men and women are separated for three days. So, when you're studying Torah, you can't have a Balikari. And so, perhaps, you'll say that Rabbi Yehuda does not accept that drasha, because he does not believe the juxtaposition is a significant component of Midrash. And that's what this is based on. There's a machloket whether or not we should interpret juxtaposition as being a meaningful tool of Midrash or guide of Midrash in other books of the Torah. Mishnah Torah Darish, but even the one who rejects that elsewhere says that in Dvarim, which is an organized speech of Moshe Rabbeinu, juxtaposition is meaningful. How do we know that? We know that Rabbi Yehuda himself rejects smuchin as a significant uh, component of Midrashic guidance elsewhere in the Torah. 
But yet in Dvarim he does. How do we know that? How do we know that he rejects it elsewhere? The Tanya Ben Azayomer. So Shimon Ben Azay said, The Torah juxtaposes the uh, death penalty for uh, for Kishuf with uh, the death penalty for bestiality. Now we don't know what bestiality, what punishment bestiality carries. Sorry, we do not know what the punishment for a kishuf is. So the Torah put them together to tell me, just like shochev meima biskila, that the punishment is skila for bestiality. The same thing for kishuf. Just because the Torah juxtaposed two things. Uh, we should, uh, therefore take the Mechashefa and give her Skila. Ella, he comes to the same conclusion. Ovi Yidoni, the necromancers, are among the general category of Kishuf. And they're mentioned at the very end of Parsha Kedoshim, explicitly with Skila. Lama Yatsu, why were they mentioned explicitly? To make all other kinds of Kishuf compared to them, and to tell you, Ma Ovi Biskila, Just like Ovi Yidoni, the punishment is Skila. Similarly, Amachashefa is also Biskila. Okay. Of Mishatom and Alan Dadarish, how do we know that Rabbi Yehuda does accept it in Dvarim? The Tanya Rabbi Eliezer Omer, Nosei Adam Anusat Avim Futat Avim Anusat Pino Futat Pino. Rabbi Eliezer says, a man is allowed to marry a woman who his father had relations with, but not, never married. She's not called Eshet Aviv, or his own sons. Rabbi Yehuda disagrees and says that he may not have relations or marry the one who his father had relations with. And what's Rabbi Yehuda's reason? A man should not marry his father's wife, nor should he uncover the private place of his father. What does that mean? That the one that his father had relations with, he should not. How do we know that that's talking about Anusataviv, somebody his father raped? Because the next passage is about, or the, the juxtaposed passage, is about the case of rape. So you see that Rabbi Yehuda, who rejects explicitly juxtaposition as a tool in Shemot, accepts it explicitly, or at least through this, this tradition of Rav, that Rabbi Yehuda expl- accepts it in Tvarim. So the answer is Amri in Bemisha Torah Darish. You're right. Rabbi Yehuda does accept um, juxtaposition in Tvarim, and therefore he should say that a Balkari is asur b'divrei Torah. But the truth is that he says the juxtaposition of our learning and Mamar Sinai is needed for yet another drasha. If you teach your son Torah, it's as if he got it at Har So your study of Torah and your teaching of Torah is compared to Mamad Har Sinai, but not for the state of purity required, but rather for the experience. Okay? Tanan. We have the Mishnah at the end of this parak. Zav Shira Akeri. Let's say of a Zav. And so he's waiting for Shiva Nakim. And in the middle of Shiva Nakim, he has a carry, a regular healthy carry. Or a woman who had relations with her husband, the next day became a Nida. And that next day, she had Shikhvat uh, Zera come out. Or a Meshameshet Virat Adam. 
or a woman who was having bia, and in the middle of bia she saw some damnida. Tzrichin tefillah. They have to go to the mikveh to be able to say Shema or Taven. Rabbi Yehuda Poter, Rabbi Yehuda exempts. Ad kam lok pato Rabbi Yehuda elabazav shara carries. Rabbi Yehuda only exempts in the case where in each, for each person, this is a secondary tuma. Demikar alav bar tefillahu. Because the Zav can't go to the mikveh yet anyways, until the end of Shiva Nikim. A Valkari great him a chayev, but it would seem that a regular Valkari, he would say is chayev. If you want to argue that Rabbi Yehuda would say that even a regular Valkari doesn't have to go, and the reason their disagreement is about a Zav Shurakari, to show you how far the Rabbanon will go, to say that even though this guy is not going to become Tahor by going to the Mikvi, he should still go because of the Kari. Look at the next line. So, who's that being learned for? Certainly the Rabbanan would agree that a woman who wasn't Tmeya anyways and now saw Dam would have to go to the mikvah. If the Rabbanan say that a Zab who anyways couldn't go to the mikvah for another week and he saw a Kerry would have to go. A woman who was having Bia and then saw some Dam that she is a Batvila. Look, all she can, certainly she'd have to go. Allah Rabbi must be Rabbi Rabbi Yehuda is learning these cases very explicitly and directly. He would say the regular Balkari has to go. The answer is, okay, perhaps Rabbi Yehuda holds that a Balkari really uh, does have to uh, to go to the mikvah. In our Mishnah, maybe Rabbi Yehuda didn't say but meant which means Rabbi Yehuda would say a person should think all the way through the brachot and kriyachma. Since when does Rabbi Yehuda think that hero is meaningful at all? If a Balkari doesn't have a mikvah, he should say shma, but not say the brachot before or after. And he should eat his bread and say the brachot afterwards, but not before. He thinks those brachot. Either way, he says it with his lips. So you see that Rabbi Yudah holds that a Balkari doesn't have Hirur. So that Rabbi Yudah perhaps holds that there is a prohibition of studying Torah when you're Balkari, but he says Brachot are like that part of Torah, and we're going to see this in a minute, that is, shall we say, the lightest form of Limura Torah, and that according to some authorities could be studied even as a Balkari. That's one way of interpreting it. The Rabbi Yudah will agree that to study Torah can't do it when you're Balkari. Kriyat Shema you have to say because it's Doraita. And Tfilot and Brachot are very limited form of Limura Torah and therefore it's okay. The tiny, here we go. Just like at Harsinai there was reverence and fear and shaking and sweat. Therefore every time you study it should be like that. Somebody who's a Zav or even somebody who's a Boal Nida, can study Torah, Lishnot Pemishnah, Ugmara, Halachot, Vagadol, can study anything. A Balikarian Asurim. A Balkari is Asur because a Balkari is somebody who is engaged in uh, lightness. He can study things that he's accustomed to, things that don't take much thought. 
but he shouldn't just not present the Mishnah clearly. He can present the Mishnah, but just not the analysis. He can present the Gemara, just not mention Hashem's name when it's in it. He quotes Rabbi Kiva, he should not enter Midrash. Maybe he can't come into the Beit Midrash at all. Rabbi Huda Omer, here we go, Shonehu Bechot Derecheretz. He can study Bechot Derecheretz, meaning things that are not really of religious significance, but just common sense, you know, the bright Derecheretz uh, Rabati, a person should uh, knock on his door before he comes in his own house, uh, whatever the Balabai tells you, you should do, except for leave, etc. Ma'aseh, now we have Rabbi Huda, Shra'akeri. Rabbi Huda, it was a Balkeri, and he was still walking with his students next to a river. So the students evidently understood he was limited in what he could teach, but they said, teach us something about Hilchot Derecheretz. So he immediately went into the river, came out, and then he taught them. Didn't you yourself teach that somebody who's a Valkyrie can teach Hilchot Derecheretz and study Hilchot Derecheretz? Even though I am machmir, uh, mekil, that uh, you can study, nonetheless, I'm still machmir on myself that I should not do so without going to the mikvah. Okay, Tanya, Rabbi Yudam and Matera Haya Omer. This is Rabbi Yudam and not Rabbi Yudam and Rabbi Loi, we were just discussing. He says, Divrei Torah are not Makabal Tuma. There is none of this. You could study Torah, any Torah that you want, in any state of Tuma. There was a student who was in the presence of Rabbi Yudam Matera, and he was supposed to be reciting, and he was mumbling. Open your mouth, let your words shine their light. After all, the words of Torah are not Makabal Tuma, and evidently he understood that this fellow was uh, mumbling because he was a little bit nervous about uh, about saying divrei Torah. Shenemar halokot umadunai. My words are like fire, says God. My eshen makabel tuma of divrei Torah ain't on makabelin tuma. Just like fire is not makabel tuma, so words of Torah are not makabel tuma. Okay, Amar Mishnah. Back in that bright, we said There was an opinion that says he can present the Mishnah, but not the Gemara. Messiah Rabbi Loi. That supports Rabbi Loi. Rabbi Loi. I'm Rabbi Yachab. Rabbi that's the halacha. as we saw in the Brayta. mutar. And some people think he said both are mutar. who quoted Rabbi Kiva saying lo at all. According to the one who says that he said they're both mutar, who said that the Torah not makabel tumah. Okay, we'll pause at this point. We'll pick it up. Continue the discussion in the next podcast. In the meantime, we should have a wonderful day.